Welcome to Fresh Takes on the Future of Work. We're focused on fresh perspectives from business and HR leaders about the future of work. Fresh is an acronym for freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness. Values core to operating in the future of work. We'll tie back to these while exploring interesting stories and actionable ideas. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jess Pagoni. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And I'm the co-founder and CEO of Luna, a team operating system for the modern employer, redefining connection and productivity through web-based personal operating profiles combined with AI dashboards. Our guest today is Stella Lupashor, Chief Reframer at Reframe.Work. Stella is on a mission to humanize the workplace. She works with the conference board's Fortune 500 Corporations members on rethinking their workplace strategies, leads Reframe.Work Inc., and consults on how to create inclusive workplaces through the use of design thinking, technology, and analytics. And Amazing Community, a nonprofit expanding the work horizon for women over 45, Stella previously transformed the workplaces at the intersection of technology, analytics, and HR at Fidelity Investments, TIAA, IBM, PricewaterhouseCoopers, and PwC Consulting. Let's get fresh. Stella, thanks for joining me today. What an amazing career you have had. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It was one of those um, never planned and never anticipated, but always saying sometimes yes to ambiguous things and then figuring out how to address them later. <laughs> well, I love it. I mean, what, what an incredible, um, incredible set of experiences that you've had. And we're excited to hear from you today as we talk about fresh takes on the future of work. I'm going to go ahead and just dive in. So my first question for you is, how do you define the future of work? It is so interesting to just reflect on the term because it's been around and used for decades now and i don't think there is a future that we need to wait until it arrives the future of work is really here it's uh maybe still in labs and maybe is already being adopted by some organizations so we're all in a different uh, uh maturity level when it comes to adoption of the future of work. But in essence, the, the cornerstone of the transformation that are driving um, or the driving forces behind the, uh, the, the future of work transformations are, I, I refer to those in four Ds. So I have a framework as a consultant for everything. There are demographic changes that are driving the composition of our um, labor market and uh, working age population, there are uh, different dynamics in these demographic changes. If you think about the number of women that are exiting the labor market as a result of pandemic and uh, uh, having to cope with multiple responsibilities, both at home and at work, or aging workforce that is increasingly leaving the labor market that is creating a huge gap that also um, is taking the institutional knowledge with them, it's taking the um, kind of the, some of the leadership approaches. At the same time, it creates um, 
gaps in some of the knowledge as well as the uh, the tightness we see in the labor market and, and how organizations are approaching it. On the flip side, it also has impact on the bigger social uh, systems, social protection system, the social security, the Medicare, the healthcare impact. So it's, an, it's a series of um, demographic changes that are impacting the access to talent and organizations have to now rethink you know, where do they find them? Because many of them have moved to different locations, how they attract and engage them, how they create tailored solution, because people are increasingly demanding more flexibility or different kinds of benefits. And I think what Luna is doing, it's a perfect solution to address some of these questions and, and, and tensions. The second D is digitization, right? So it's adoption of different technologies be that for the purposes of automation or making decisions differently or um, changing how we interact with the work environment and with each other. And the beautiful um, thing that we've seen, it, it, there were so many silver linings over the past couple of years, but one that uh, has, um, has really been accelerated is this adoption of technology. Finally, we see leaders saying, yes, people can be just as productive working remotely if you give them the right resources, if you give them the access to high-speed internet. And of course, this is limited to those who are privileged to work from home or have the ability to do uh, this kind of work. Um, the third D is datification. So if we think about all of these technical interactions, we leave a footprint. We have a lot more data to make decisions or see the patterns of uh, how we interact with each other and with the organization. And we can now uh, not only find where the friction points, but uh, create nudges, uh, uh, create opportunities for people to connect to each other. So it's using the data to change our behavior as well as our um, access to information, our ability to be more productive. And then the last D is disintermediation. So thinking how the value chain is being disrupted uh, by technology, by demographic changes, by changing operating model, by deglobalization, shrinking of supply chains. Um, and, and it's creating space for new leaders to, uh, uh, I mean, in organizational context, new organizations, new solutions, new technologies to come and capture that, that niche and uh, bring new solutions to the market. So my perfect example of disintermediation, right, is um, Amazon, right? They started as a technology first, and then they have been moving in adjacent spaces, disrupting uh, how those industries are creating value. And um, the, the challenge, I think, with disintermediation trends is you don't necessarily uh, can assume that there is a symmetry, right? If you have a lot of assets, then you'll be able to capture. Sometimes really small niche organizations can really make a huge impact and be adopted overnight and, and um, uh, embraced by the masses. So it's a, it's a fascinating time. I think we're living through a lot of unknowns. And, you know, if two years ago, in, 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 let's say, December of 2019, somebody asked you what the future of work, it would have been a hugely different answer than what it is today. So it's here, embrace it and enjoy the journey. There's no destination. Yeah, I, I love it, Stella. It, the future of work is here, no destination. Great reminders that it's going to continually evolve and be something that we're really on the journey for. Um, 
I also always appreciate a good framework. So thank you for breaking it down. Those are our big words, but I now am gonna keep all those D words in mind. And, and I think some really good insights there about how the demographics and digit digitization and the data side and the, um, I'll call it I'll call it disruption by you know in introducing new new players is going to um, really shape the future of work. So thank you for for that answer. I, I love it a lot to to unpack, um, and you did a great job getting it um, into just a couple minutes there. Let's let's dream big for a second. So assume you can snap your fingers and this this will happen. So you're kind of you've got the the magic touch. What's one thing you personally really want to see change about work and life right now? I feel that there is a beginning of this shift happening, but it's not happening fast enough. And I think it will take not only culture change and kind of societal norms shifts, but also regulation and legislation to support some of this shift. We always assume that the power dynamics is on the side of the organization as opposed to the individual worker. And yes, pandemic proved the importance of treating people well and having a purpose and being there as an organization, not just for the purpose of making um, money or uh, you know, satisfying the shareholders. Um, and the individual workers are making different decisions about who they want to come and bring their talent to. But there is another piece to that relationship change and the, the power dynamics change, there is assumption that workers have to come to work as opposed to bringing the work to workers. And, you know, the solutions that you are uh, you're bringing to the market is beginning to change that conversation and help um, not only um, be more clear in terms of what workers need and how they want to be treated and what type of uh, uh, benefits and enablements they, they wish to have, but also how might managers support them in accomplishing that. So it's all about triggering that conversation, but I think it's gonna take time until each one of us is individually empowered to uh, choose their working hours or the specific projects they're working on or specific individuals they want to collaborate with. So I see that vision where you are in the driver's seat as a, as a worker, as opposed to you being another widget in the whole machinery of producing value on behalf of the organization. I love it. So obviously I'm, I'm biased here because this is a lot of what, what Luna focuses on, but the idea of empowering employees with some choices so that they are in that driver's seat and can create this world where work's designed for life, I, I think is, is an ROI to the employers, um, even though it doesn't feel like that maybe right now, or maybe it will take time for certain employers to get there. So um, it's it's been very interesting to watch the shift, and um, and I and I love that that's that's where where you would want to snap your fingers because I I, I think it's going to do a lot of good for the world once we yeah. all arrive at that um, realization that that there's that's the opportunity really in front of us. Yeah. And of course, we're missing um, a lot of the components that may be uh, needed to be enabling this kind of relationship, right? And it 
differs in different parts of the world. Like in the US, we get our benefits primarily through the employers, right? So that will always be kind of a driving force. And some people don't necessarily um, want to have the responsibility of managing a business or managing their own accounting or, so it's not for everyone, but I think the those problems can be solved separately. It's more the mindset of um, mm -hmm. giving the ability to people to make decisions about their work intensity, the, the uh, environment, the ability to uh, take time off when they need, depending on their life stage and where they are right now and what they're dealing with. Um, and it's, it's really about the empathy, uh, back to your fresh. Um, yeah, well, well, great segue, because my next question is, you know, as far as fresh take, so freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness, which of those areas do you really see as most pressing right now as we think about this future of work, that evolving employer-employee dynamic, you know, of those five areas, what, what would bubble to the top for you? Obviously, the answer will be all of the above. <laughs> you don't have that option. <laughs> Since I'm they're... making you pick. <laughs> <laughs> I would say start with empathy, uh, because that will probably uh, influence the rest. So if you have the empathy and you are looking at the human as a, not as a job description, not as a resume, not as a bag of skills, but looking at them as a human being and meeting them where they are and understanding the circumstances, then you will provide the freedom they need to uh, deal with whatever they need to deal. You will provide them the resources they need if they're under-resourced or um, over their capacity level. You will simplify things. And, and this is one principle uh, from design thinking. You look at the at the journey, at the experience of the human being from the moment when they wake up until they come to work, until they attend this meeting, until they interact with the systems, all of those things, if it's designed from the organizational point of view for the purposes of lowering the costs or um, uh, you know, increasing the efficiency, it may not necessarily be as integrated from the worker point of view uh, because you may have a system um, that you know, may not talk to another system downstream that the individual has to interact with. And all of this creates friction, creates opportunities for disengagement or for errors or um, just hassles. So simplicity is important too, but if you are looking with an empathetic mind, you'll be able to see those uh, changes that you need to make. And of course, overall, when a person has uh, um, an environment that it's they feel uh, uh, psychological safety. They feel the uh, the comfort level to speak their mind. They will um, they will attain happiness. Also, it's a so, it's a big lofty ambition. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love all of that, and I I I really admire your creativity for picking one but answering all five. <laughs> you did it, Stella. So empathy first, but the rest come with it. So that's awesome. Um, all right, my next question for you is how do you, how do you think managers, people that are out there really leading other people, can best navigate in the months ahead? Um, I hope by now a lot of managers have really 
kind of navigated the transition to a different way of managing people. Back to the point of empathy and freedom and resourcefulness, I think we were forced to embrace some of these principles. And um, there is something to be said about um, new kinds of skills that managers had to embrace, like managing in a distributed way, uh, doing a lot more things by empowering people as opposed to micromanaging and being there to observe. Um, so it is, it, these are the principles that I think will help us um, continue to adapt to the new reality, whatever that may look like. So it's the uh, the empathy, it's, uh, it's enabling more than managing and it is empowering more than dictating and controlling. I really love that final point, especially just like if we can empower people versus trying to control them, like so many, so much good can come from that. Um, we hire adults and then we treat them as kids afterwards. So I yes. think there's something to be, you know, allow them to grow up and, and operate. Right, be adults, yes. Um, I completely agree. So, okay, what? this is my final question today. What What's one company you currently admire for their fresh take? There are many companies that have different approaches and they are really creative in, in terms of um, how they have adapted to the mid-pandemic, post-pandemic reality. But also um, uh, I want to highlight one that we really is capitalizing on these transformations and changes. And this is uh, specifically Microsoft. I think they are not only internally has done an incredible transformation of how people work um, and how the physical and digital infrastructure is being integrated, all with the purposes of creating space for people uh, to, to meet them where they are and their preferences. But they also transformed this into a business opportunity. So they build the Microsoft Viva, which is an employee experience platform. They are themselves uh, customer zero, right? Uh, they they adopting it internally. Um, and so it's a it's a it's a opportunity for many organizations to especially if they are Microsoft customers, to utilize and embrace that kind of mindset. So it, the, the reason I highlight them is they, they build it, they are adopting it internally, and then they are providing the same kind of solution to, the, uh, to their customers to embrace um, employee-centric mindset. Yeah. I, I love it, the, um, that employee-centric mindset, and, and especially with Microsoft's reach. I recently heard okay. a stat, I think they've got something like 69% market share. Um, so they're, they have the ability to, to really get into the hands of a lot of people and start that process of, of um, rethinking or, or making sure that that employee-centric view is there. So really nice, nice. Uh, Nice comments, and, and I love the suggestion of Microsoft. Um, so thank you overall, Stella, for, for sharing all of your perspectives today on the future of work. Um, really, really great to have you here. Um, and as always, to connect with you, I, I, I always walk away from conversations with you feeling inspired. So thank you for that. Um, and to everybody listening, don't forget to stay fresh. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.